From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, November 24th. Labor shortages and supply chain issues have caused inflation across the country. And meat products have been hit hard by these issues. Justin Higginbottom speaks with a local butcher who's feeling the pinch. It's less than an hour before closing, and Henry Evans' butcher's shop is busy. Customers are still walking in, some likely on the hunt for Thanksgiving supplies. But this year, there's one staple the old geezer meat shop in Moab couldn't stock. One of the things that's happened this year is we weren't able to get our turkeys that we normally would get, our natural ones from Utah. So yeah, we had to forego those this year. Like elsewhere, meats that are available are probably more expensive. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reports beef prices increased 20% in the last year. Pork is up 14%. And it's not only Utah turkeys that are out of stock for Evans. One thing we haven't been able to get in, I know for the last few months, is king crab lakes. It's almost impossible for us to get those, but yet I've heard like City Market can get them. But they're a huge chain. So for us as little guys, it makes it a lot harder to even get some stuff like that. Evans says it all started with a pandemic. Labor shortages backed up orders. Now slaughterhouses are booked across the country. He usually relies on Blue Mountain Slaughterhouse in Monticello. But this year's harder. March is the soonest that they can get cows in right now. That can be expensive for a small shop in a rural part of the state like his. Start slowing things down of what I can get and where it comes from. And I have to start looking at other sources in Utah and Colorado where we get a lot of our stuff from. Being in middle of nowhere in Moab, that's where a lot of the costs end up coming from is, you know, your transportation. Larger chains have the capacity to stock up, but kinks in the supply chain hurt smaller shops like his. He doesn't have space to store a large amount of king crab legs. Unfortunately, Evans doesn't see change on the horizon. In all honesty, I think this might be the new normal for quite a while. Enjoy. Have good Thanksgiving. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. With the ongoing drought, the Great Salt Lake continues to shrink, but online maps have been slow to catch up. Amy Van Tatenhove with our partners at Utah Public Radio reports on a recent effort to update maps used by weather services across the country to increase awareness about the declining lake levels. Brian Maffley, the public lands reporter at the Salt Lake Tribune, and his colleagues have been watching the water levels of Great Salt Lake decline in recent years with alarm. As they followed news stories and research about the shrinking lake, they noticed that maps of the lake used by weather forecasting services across the country and by entities like the National Weather Service hadn't been updated since the 1980s when the lake was at its highest. Pretty much all the other weather forecasting services show the Great Salt Lake at its historic average, which is about twice as big as what it really is now today. There's just half as much water in the Great Salt Lake as there is, quote-unquote, in normal years. They reach out to the weather service the Tribune uses, AccuWeather, who not only agreed to update their maps, but also put together some striking visualizations of water level declines using Google Earth imagery, with the hopes of reaching a significant number of people across the country. We think it's going to be millions of people. These are maps that people view on a day-to-day basis while they're checking weather forecasts. You know, when people are looking up their weather forecasts online, and if it's an AccuWeather product, now what they'll see is the actual footprint of the Great Salt Lake as it is today. Maffley hopes AccuWeather's changes will pave the way for other outlets to do the same and will garner more attention to the shrinking Great Salt Lake. 
a map on paper is a fixed object, but a map online you can update as needed. And so there seems to be no excuse for not using updated maps when you have an online product. That's where we were coming from on this. And we think it would be great if the National Weather Service and the other forecasting services would follow suit. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Amy Van Tatenhove. This report comes from our partners at UPR. Dozens of natural landmarks bear names that highlight our nation's racist history. There are signs of change, like in California, where the owners of Squaw Valley Ski Resort have renamed it Palisades Tahoe. But as the Mountain West News Bureau's Robin Vincent reports, government action can be slow. Daniel Tom is a lawyer who moved to Colorado in 2015. He was born in Arizona, and his family has been in the U.S. since the mid-1800s. Still, as a Chinese-American, he navigates new places with caution. I think you prepare yourself for something. You prepare yourself for an incident. Since Tom moved to the small mountain town of Buena Vista in south-central Colorado, he hasn't experienced any incidents. But there are at least a few signs that make him feel unwelcome. Actual signs. They read Chinaman Gulch. I think it's something that that tells us still that we don't really belong. Chinaman Gulch is a steep trail carved into the rocky earth near Buena Vista in Chafee County. Cattle graze in the lush fields nearby and snow-capped peaks rise in the distance. It's among dozens of areas across the nation with an offensive title up for a new name. 100 some miles away is Squaw Peak. A Colorado advisory board has recommended it be called Mestahay Mountain to honor a Cheyenne translator. I mean, we changed one Squaw Mountain, but there's like several more. That's state lawmaker Adrian Benavides, a member of the Colorado Geographic Naming Advisory Board. I mean, it should make all of us in the state feel badly that we have those names. The renaming process begins with a request to the U.S. Board on Geographic Names. They research the name's origins and the proposed new title. They also contact every tribal nation in the country for input, and they tap local governments and state naming boards. This helps to explain the molasses-like pace of the process. A petition to rename Chinaman Gulch was first submitted in 2019. Chafee County Commissioner Greg Felt. Maybe one of these things where you sort of ask yourself, well, is it a good use of our time to talk about this? Like this hasn't really been an issue that I'm aware of in the past. At first, commissioners opposed a name change. Felt says the person calling for it was from out of state and the proposed name, Trout Creek Gulch, didn't make sense. That creek doesn't run through the gulch. At the time, Felt says he didn't think Chinaman was offensive either. The name, he says, acknowledged that a Chinese man who made equipment for the railroad likely lived in the area. But today, with people like Daniel Tom speaking out, he sees things differently. The way we're looking at this has been influenced over these several years by an increase in interest from our local population. Felt says he hears the will of the people. 
Over in Wyoming, tribal members hope their voices will finally be heard too. The Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council submitted petitions to rename two areas in Yellowstone National Park, including Mount Doan. It bears the name of Army Lieutenant Gustavus Doan, who led a massacre of more than 200 Picani, a division of the Blackfeet Indians. Tom Rogers, a Blackfeet member, is with the Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders Council. He instructed his soldiers that when they ran out of bullets, they could use the pickaxes on them. County commissioners opposed any change, but the state board voted to rename Mount Doan to First Peoples Mountain in 2019. Meanwhile, the U.S. Board on Geographic Names is still waiting on input from the National Park Service. Rogers points out that the Biden administration includes Deb Holland, the first native to lead the Department of the Interior. The gatekeepers are no longer men who are fearful of examining the past. It's much more of, come, let us discuss. Rogers says history can be used to imprison people or inform them. He believes these name changes will liberate some who've been shackled by history. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Robin Vincent. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, November 24th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.